Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. A weekly lighthearted show, but about very serious issues. I'm Gordon Riddell, and I'm here with Dr. Jan Hill, my cohort in crime. Uh, but importantly, we're here actually with today's uh, guest is Maria Gallet. Hey, Maria. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Jan. Hello. Hey, Gord. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so let me uh, tell you a little bit about Maria and why Maria is here. Uh, we're going to be looking at relationships today, and uh, Maria is a registered psychotherapist. She teaches at the Transformational Arts College, and uh, she's in the Discovering the Total Self program. She teaches in the Holistic Health Practitioner program, the Spiritual Psychotherapy program, Spiritual Director, and Coaching programs. That's all we've got. (laughs) (laughs) Maria's everywhere. I didn't know you were everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere, Uh, all the time. (laughs) And uh, she's also the Holistic Coordinator and a Financial Coordinator for the college. Uh, In addition to being a registered psychotherapist, she's a spiritual director, a life coach, sound practitioner, and a Reiki master. So, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Um, So, we're going to be talking about uh, um, relationships. The bane of everyone's existence, yes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Now, are we talking relationships where we're talking about rings and shiny precious stones attached to them? Or what, what are we doing here? Well, actually, no. I'm working. <laughs> Rats. Yeah. No no, I'm diamonds. really working with the concept that we're always in relationship. Uh, they could be an intimate relationship, but we're really in relationship everywhere we go with our families, with our siblings, our coworkers, friends, fellow students. Those are all relationships. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. they all have really similarities, some frighteningly similar. <laughs> uh, so my interest is in the unconscious patterns and behaviors we so easily we really slip into repeatedly, all while we're keeping the same rather as abysmal <laughs> results in our relationship. Okay. Yeah, um, I know more people that have abysmal outcomes than I do. <laughs> <laughs> happily ever after. I think the yeah. Queen of England's doing happily ever after. Maybe. Uh, at over 70 years. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I think okay. that that's, that's part of the really cool thing, right, is that we date people that we think are different, right? And then and we realize not. as we get into the relationship, oh, my God, I'm dating the same person again. Well, that's really because what happens is you're you're, you're not really conscious of the patterns that you're bringing in yeah. and what your role models has been. So you always kind of bring in because the universe is always asking us to learn. And until we learn, we get the same people in our lives. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we've also seen, I've seen it to the point where the person has the same name, yeah. As the previous, has the same color hair, I I mean, mm-hmm. just like, come on, you have to have seen that there might be some similarities here. What are you talking about? She's totally different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. the thing that we don't notice it because we're so in it. Everybody else around us sees it, but we never really, really consciously look at that and say, yeah, it's really the same person, maybe a different body, but it's the same thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the whole attraction thing is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Harville Hendricks... Uh, with uh, his Imago work, yeah, you know him and his wife, Gay yeah. uh, 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 Hendricks, um, 
that, you know, what we date is this combination of mom and dad. Yeah. You know, and, and, it, and do you want to fill the next piece in? Not their positive crates. No, this is what we need to learn. The things that we really didn't want to become, you know, <laughs> we marry. Oh, yeah. And that's a hard one for us. Um, and then turn into. Yeah. Yeah. We marry into the qualities that we don't want. Absolutely. That we didn't like in our parents. Because that's where our learning is. That's where our healing comes. That's where our wounds come through. Well, that's where our needs weren't met. Absolutely. It was from those, from yeah. those qualities. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, now my hair's on fire. <laughs> fire yeah. department. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You look, you look good, though. You look good. I always thought you were smoking. Um, <laughs> the um, uh, that that is, you know, his work around that. I think was probably one of the most interesting. Yeah, it, it really, it really is. You know, and I know when I talk about it, some people kind of get taken aback. What do you mean I married my dad? Mm. You know, and so take a look at the qualities. So when you when they really start to become aware of the qualities in their dad that they really weren't fond of, and then they look at their significant partners, oh, my goodness, there it is. But it doesn't really have to be just in their significant partners. Like you attract people in your workplace, in oh, your friendship absolutely. circle, ah. you know, that mm-hmm. have the same type of qualities. Again, it's our hidden self, our shadow that's coming through for us to work on. Yeah. Yeah, because in the in the workplace, often you're going to have like somebody doing a mom, you yeah. know, mom rebellion or a dad rebellion, absolutely, or whatever. It's so common, and it's like, how did you wind up working there? Like that ends up being your mom's your boss, but yeah. not your real mom. I mean, I'm no, talking, yeah, absolutely, I'm talking figuratively yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, or or your friends can turn out to be like your parents, or yeah, you know, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just really, for me, underscored so much is how unconscious we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Especially when it comes to intimate things. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, again, it's one of those things that we lacked as a child. You know, if you grew up in a family where the only way you got attention was by somebody yelling at you, then how are you going to know how to be really intimate? You're going to be afraid of, of bringing that intimacy in because to you it means that somebody's going to yell at you or even worse, beat you. Yeah. You know, so how are you going to open up that heart to, to really bring somebody in? Yeah. Yeah, you know? because we're so so used to being hurt Yeah, or, or somebody leaving. Yeah. You know, parents yeah. who are always sort of packed by the front door. Yeah. You, you know, know, it always it always um, makes me smile sometimes when I hear either clients or students or friends uh, say that, you know, relationships are hard. No, relationships really aren't hard if they are the relationship that you need to be in. It's only hard because there's all this unconscious stuff that's going through. Once you you get a you know you shine the light onto it and you start to look at it then you know it really does become um, a way of growing and evolving and changing uh, the things that you really need to transform in your life so really, but I think if you meet the person who's like your soulmate or whatever you're in for a ride you are because it's gonna pull every string inside of you if this is really the person that's you know sort of part of your yeah. whatever soul group soul uh, group whatever. yeah uh, 
you know, people people are like, oh, if only I could meet my soulmate. It's like, no, honey, be careful you do what you not ask want for. that. <laughs> I think people have a, a bit of a confusion around what a soulmate yeah. is. So they get, you know, like they get caught up in the popular, you complete me perception, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm mm. so good all the time around you. You're my soulmate. But really, the soulmate is the person there who's 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 asked us to stretch, to grow. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know. I'd like you to meet my other half. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I thought you were a half person <laughs> yeah well and that's and that's the other thing that's out there you know that your partner is 50 percent i'm 50 percent and together we're 100 percent. that's not really what we're meant here to do no. i need to be 100 percent working on my stuff you know i'm not perfect and neither is my partner but we both need to be that 100 percent where together we have a really that's when the healthy relationship starts to work when i'm working on myself my partner's working on him or herself and then we together work on things that in a relationship are going to bring us to that next step mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah so what qualities do you consider to be the most important like when you're having to have an actual successful relationship so there really is a couple of things respect trust honesty those are things that I know there are cliches out there but they're really really important you can't really have an honest uh, um, close uh, an intimate relationship unless those three things are really there you know um, and with trust it's really a huge thing you know a lot of time we, we, we hear people say I can't trust somebody sure but mm-hmm. how do you trust yourself? So one of the one of the uh, things that I mm. do in my classes is, you know, have each and every student in it have, just kind of sit back and take a look. What's my relationship to trust? So my own relationship to trust, right. you know, and so and it's some a, a real clarity comes out when you're sitting there and all of a sudden you start to understand that you, you really don't do anything to help you trust yourself. So how can I trust my partner? partner, you know, and in order for trust uh, to be present, there needs to be two things. There needs to be congruency and consistency. So congruency. And where does that come from originally, though? Our parents. Is well, there, and we're not going to get that. We're not getting that from you them. Know? So if you if you hadn't modeled, if you didn't get that modeled, you're not going to know what that's look like, what that looks like. So and, and that's, you know, again, where we have to go back into our childhood. What was that like for us and bring it into the present and start to look at it? You know, we don't really, you know, we congruency. um it's really say what you say, what you mean and mean what you say. So, you know, your insides feeling and your outside words are matching. You know, we find it really hard sometimes to trust people that say one thing and do something else. How can you trust that? So again, no, no. The big thing on that, though, is we do that to ourselves. And that's the biggest one is that, you know, we say we're going to do something. So, for instance, uh, you know, I'm really tired. So when I go home tonight, I don't care how many dishes are in my sink. I'm going to go uh, draw bath water, uh, water, and I'm going to go sit in the tub and I'm just going to relax for the rest Mm. of the evening. That's what I'm telling myself I'm going to do. But when I go home, old patterns start to come in. We hear people's uh, voices in our head. Television, sofa, (laughs) dishes in the sink, something else. And all of a sudden, it's uh, two hours later, the bath. You haven't even gone into the bathroom, let alone draw the water. And so what are you telling yourself that what you're saying, you don't mean what you're saying. And so there goes another erosion 
of that part for us. Right. You know, and so, again, learning how to be consistent and congruent with ourselves is the biggest and most important thing that we can do. And I think it's really hard. It is. Absolutely. But the, the nice, the caveat at the end of this is that when we learn to do that, then it doesn't matter what anybody else out there says or does because we trust ourselves implicitly that it doesn't matter what anybody else says or does. I'm going to be there for myself. I'm not going to abandon myself. I'm not going to let myself down. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, and I'm going to take care of myself. I think that another piece of trust, too, is is that no matter what happens, I know that I have the inner resources to get myself out of it. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and I think like, you know, when, when uh, years and years ago, I had a client who, who uh, I'm not telling anything out of, out of tales here, mm-hmm. but a, a, a coffee date with somebody meant a walk down the aisle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah. he was not dating. He wasn't doing anything. And it wasn't until we got to what that message was that if you do this, mm, you're yes. going to be walking down. Yeah. And then he realized how silly it was. Well, yeah. And I'm like, well, he, he'd had a bad marriage. And so it was like, yeah, well, it wasn't a bad one. He just needed to get out of it. Uh, <laughs> but it was like uh, not knowing that he could take care of himself absolutely. with somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so- I thought it was so funny. As linebacker, like six foot six, you know, sort of thing. He would just, you know, bulldoze his way through everything. Yeah. And he was just terrified. He was going to walk down the aisle on the first date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and how good is that for relationship building? Well, exactly, <laughs> you, know, exactly. you just block it as, even before it starts. Yeah. You know, even before you go and enter that coffee shop, it's you're already blocked. There's nothing that's going to happen. Yeah, Why you can't have an in-between and an end if there's no beginning. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. we live you in know, a linear, three-dimensional you know, world. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, the thing is that, you know, relationships are meant to be built on, you yeah. know, and, and not getting to that destination as soon as you get there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, it, it reminds me, like, Gord, your story reminds me of, uh, like, you're never, I always say it, you're never really free to say yes unless you're free to say no. And that's how trust is built, right? With the Abs- transparency that you're talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, you know, knowing that you have the know-how, you have the the built-in built in resources, as you were saying, Gord, that you're okay no matter what. So if this isn't good for me, what's standing in front of me isn't good for me, then I have the resource to say no and walk away. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I think a lot of people don't know or we certainly as a a child, we couldn't walk away. Well, yeah. I mean, to walk away would be like, okay, I think you're all jerks and I'm taking off. That's a matter of life and death to a child. I choose the orphanage. Well, well, absolutely. When you're a child, your mom, your dad, whoever your caregivers were, they were your lifeline. For you uh-huh. to survive. Yeah. So you didn't have a choice then. Yep. So again, going back to bring it forward so that you can do it, the wounding that was in, in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I mean, this is this is sort of average bringing up. This is we're not talking about people who who had you know uh, uh, you know abnormally difficult mm-hmm. traumatized childhood. No. We're talking about the average person. Yeah. You know, the average person who has parents that are trying to make everything happen meet their responsibilities, and, you know, sort of the attention that goes on the kid gets suffers. It well, suffers. Well, yeah, because they're trying to meet their needs as well that weren't met as children because their parents didn't know how to do it. So it's oh, all go back generational, right? Oh, so. absolutely. And the further back you go, the worse it gets. Absolutely. You know, yeah. living off the land. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How barbaric. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, and that all of that, absolutely, it's multi generational and, 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 you know, it's so built into our society. Mm -hmm. You know, Jan's the sociologist here. 
<laughs> and I'm yeah. nodding my head in agreement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see that. <laughs> it's radio. <laughs> Jen is saying yes with her head going up and down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, the, the trust thing, I think, is is probably almost at the crux of all of this. Yeah. Yep. It really is. I, I can't see. I don't see where other things. I mean, I really understand congruity. I really understand the, the consistency stuff. Um, but... You know, take take all of those away, and you come to trust. And yeah. and if you don't have trust, you're going to wind up with a lot of disappointment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and trust. And that's what we'll keep recreating. Sorry, we'll keep recreating. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This is a disappointment. Uh, yeah, and so there's trust, and trust goes hand in hand with being honest. You know, and being and the things that you trust, that your words are going to be okay. That you're not going to throw somebody. Somebody's not going to run away when you're speaking your honest truth. And that again, I'm trusting that what I'm saying is for my highest good and the highest good of the relationship. So again, a trust and honesty really goes mm. hand in hand with that as well. Mm. Well, I think I think. You know, when it comes to other people, it it uh, um, actually uh, you know really really is is um, uh, well that's my train there. Um, <laughs> they're flashing things at train me. Train derailed. <laughs> train derailed. Put flashing things. Um, put those away. Um, well, you know, with with other people is that they will take our story. And not throw it back at us. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that's one of the yeah. hardest places to yeah. find safety. Yeah. Is that people don't take who we are and destroy it. Yeah. You know, uh, on that note, so that we don't get destroyed here, <laughs> um, and I can get my brain back, uh, we're going to break for a commercial break, uh, and we will be back with Maria and Jan and Gord on the other side of these commercials. This is our show, Things Worth Considering. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental dynamic educational environment we believe learning is much more than just theories it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. 
We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, this is Gord, and I'm here with uh, Maria Gallet and Dr. Jan Hill. Um, so let's keep talking about um, the joy of relationships. <laughs> and it is a joy. It is a joy. <laughs> yeah. When it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we have to work at it to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, there's different stages that we go through every time we enter a new relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and the first one is really that romantic and it's really a codependent relationship at this time. It's really uh, very childlike. Uh, there's joy. You know, the moon shines brighter. The food <laughs> tastes better. You know, you talk we, child language. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> You know, we give each other these little cute little nicknames, you know. Um, <laughs> you sit across from them and they're drooling over their food and everything is cute, you know. And so this stage, <laughs> but this stage is really a fantasy, you know. It is, it, it's it, all fantasy. It really isn't, uh, it, it's not reality because you're, you're putting your best foot forward. So you're not really being who you really are. You're trying to be the person that you think they want you to be, the person that's going to stay with you. Because as, as soon as we enter into relationship, if we have any kind of abandonment or engulfment issues, they start to come through. Mm. So in, in order for us not to feel abandoned, I'm going to be the best person that I can be today. And I'm going to show you the best part of who I am. Right. I always think it's kind of an interesting thing, right, is that, and you know, in therapy, you get people, clients in there who are starting relationships and they're busy trying to self-manage. So they're managing their, their uh, well, they're managing their representation of self, right? Sure. Who is it that they're pretending to be, yeah. basically, right? Yeah. And, oh, I don't really like spaghetti, but he made spaghetti or she made spaghetti <laughs> and I ate it anyway and it was mm-hmm. made me sick, but what the heck, you know? And it's like, I'm like, you do realize that if you guys end up together, you're going to end up eating spaghetti for the rest of your life or you're going to end up letting them know that you basically faked it. Yeah, and but that's the, that's the thing about this stage that we don't think about stuff like exactly. that because we're in this euphoric uh, way of being. You know, as I said, everything is brighter, tastes better, everything is just so vibrant, right. and we get into that, and that lasts a little while. But you know, we, you can't pretend to be this person for a really long time, and then we enter into that second stage, and that second stage is the power struggle. Yeah, you know, and that's really the counter, uh, the counter dependence, and that's where stuff really starts to come out because the part of who we really are, the truth of who we really are, really starts to come out. And now it's like you know, I'm really to use your example, I'm really tired of eating spaghetti. I don't like spaghetti, so you're gonna start to bring that out. Oh, do we have to eat spaghetti again? And the other person say, well. Two weeks ago, you really liked it. So there's all this, we're trying to, that's the reason why it's called the power struggle, because we're trying to establish who we are in this relationship. And in this part, unfortunately, or fortunately, is where our biggest learning happens, but also is where most couples will start to either uh, go to counseling or that's the the stage where most um, relationships break up. 
Right, right. right? Because or, or people go outside of the relationship. Of the relationship to get. Which is breaking up. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, again, the that abandonment and engulfment issue starts to come in. Uh, so if you have somebody that's, uh, that's always afraid that somebody's going to leave them, all of a sudden they become very needy. And so obviously you've attracted somebody that's uh, afraid of engulfment. So you're the needy person. The other one tends to isolate. And all of a sudden it's like, what the heck just happened? Yep. You know, I, I need to uh, I need to feel wanted. I need to feel needed. But this person is in their office doing their work or they're staying at work more often. Or all of a sudden, you know, when you were seeing each other every other day, now maybe maybe twice a week. So all of our issues starts to come through. So, again, this is a, a really important stage to really establish. If we can get through this stage the rest of it becomes a lot easier because what happens is uh, you start to understand that, boy, I was myself. I said that I didn't like spaghetti, but this person still stayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so now that brings more an idea that, okay, I could start maybe to be a little more who I am. And and so that happens. So once we pass this, then the next stage is the the autonomy stage, and this is where we start to really uh, start to develop our autonomous self, really. And what that really means is we're supporting each other in our journey. So we come to that understanding, and neither one is perfect, right? You know, but we're okay. We're working on stuff, and we're working through it together. Now, the important part is that both parties obviously have to be invested in this. You can't have one really wanting to work through on healing and the other one kind of doing their thing. So both parties really need to be invested in this. And if you get to this stage, I feel that, okay, we've made a commitment. You're my person. So that's a really interesting phenomenon in a way because in a world where we often measure – are the nature of our relationships by the doing, right? Either, I know women do this a lot because women have so many tasks, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, you go get the groceries and I'll go get this and you do that and I'll do this, right? So it's easy to feel sort of emotionally apart, but, uh, or not sort of emotionally, you know, enmeshed, right? Um, But actually joined together in a project. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But then the other partner might actually need the the the, a greater sense of emotional connection, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's how you measure also your connection to people, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's where that honesty, that you know, speaking clear communication. We'll talk a little bit later on communication, but I think that's where that really becomes really important. That you know, you know that you have needs, and you know how to ask to have them met. Because sometimes don't forget until we start to really look at ourselves we don't even know that we have needs so how can we ask somebody else to meet them for us when we don't know that we even have those right and, and we you know we, we're talking about you know uh, uh opposite sex or heteronormative um, mm-hmm. relationships men and women do not understand one another absolutely not. how men process stuff how men talk yeah. how women talk how women process yeah and that just causes more problems oh it does so there has to be a willingness to learn that, and that's it and that's it, you know. Be- really? Was that the answer? Yeah, it was. Okay, all Good right. Going, ding, ding. Way to go, Gord. You win the prize. Two points. <laughs> but you're absolutely right because, you know, we do – of all, you know, the similarities, whatever, we do communicate. Men and women communicate differently. You know, we have different needs. We have different way of showing up in relationships, you know. But at, at this stage, is we start taking responsibility, 
for how we show up in relationship. And we start to want to learn, you know, what is it that my partner really needs right now? You know, Mm -hmm. how does he or she, um, you know, deal with different things? How do we, you know, things like, uh, what does I love you mean? Mm, You know? Because I love you might mean something to one person, but for the other person might be, you know, so for one person maybe the way I show you that I love you is by buying you gifts. Right. But for Mm. me, the way it shows up for me is for you to show me that you love me. You have to tell me that you love me. So, again, learning how we how those things really come into our relationship and how we and how we go forward is really important with the communication, how mm-hmm. do we communicate? Right. Yeah, so you, you, like as you said, you you want to hear it verbally. Men are like, hey, I took out the garbage. I did the laundry. That's exactly. That's showing you know, love. What else do you yeah, need? Yeah. You wanted, I, uh, you, know, that, you, you know, you wanted to go to the movie. I took you to the movie. Doesn't that mean that I love you? Why would I take you to a movie if I didn't love you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And, and then that becomes like just an argument right there. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it does. But when, when I said about taking out the garbage – it's it, when first together, you have to be very, very careful about what you choose to do. Yes, you know, it becomes your job. the garbage out first is going to be doing it 25 years later. Yeah, it's like uh, eating the spaghetti. That's, yeah, that's eating exactly. spaghetti, exactly. Yeah, right. At your 50th wedding yeah. anniversary. And you're still eating spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> even though you've hated it for the last 50 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, and really the last uh, stage of it, it's that interdependence. And that really, that's really what it comes where, you know, you really start to value each other. Uh, you really start to, even the incongruence and inconsistency in your partners in the relationship, you start to call it out but not in a judgmental way you start to be supportive of the things so you know that somebody's always late so they might say that they'd be there for five o'clock but they don't show up until 5 30 a quarter to six but you start to understand that that doesn't mean that they don't love me or that that doesn't mean that they don't value my time that just right. mean that's who they are you know and you start to understand that and you're okay with that and you start to work with that right. you know and so that's the stage that we're all trying to get to now i know we talked about the four stages but that doesn't mean that once you've gone through that power struggle you're never going to go through that again <sighs> because different things could happen so for sure. instance you know when changes happen in a relationship yeah. a child is born or a parent dies mm. how do you deal with with the grief it's going to maybe put you back in the power struggle because some people need, again, there's the neediness because I'm going through this grief. I need to talk about it. I need to be heard. And, and the other person wants to isolate around it. So there's the power struggle again. Mm-hmm. So, again, we'll go back and forth. And then perhaps if a child is born, you might go back to that, uh, you know, to that the first stage where uh you know, the romantic stage where everything and now we're a family, you know, for a little while, there's this added joy to our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or we go on a trip and all of a sudden we recreate that intimacy when we first met. So, again, the stages come, come back and forth. But once you've gotten the first time to that fourth stage, it does become easier because you start to understand and you start to really get who your partner is. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was down. Uh, I think I mentioned this previously at the uh, uh, Afterlife Conference, mm-hmm. where uh, they talked about well, the, the, the one of the programs that I took was men and grieving. Ah, yeah. Uh, and you know, men grieve in one way, and women grieve very differently. Absolutely. Uh, the, the the states, uh, their statistics in the states was for a couple who lose a child. 
90% of the couples will break up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Because they don't get the right. other person's process. It's like, yeah. you know, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or like, do you have to do, you know, whatever. But it's a yeah. criticism of the other person's process yeah. of grief without any understanding of what they're really right. going through. Absolutely. And so that's, that, that can be taken right across the board. I mean, that's a very specific statistic. Sure. You know, but um, it, it really, you know, who was uh, who it, John Gray, that wrote the book? Men are from Mars, and women are from, from Venus. Venus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's true. So true. So, so <laughs> true. Different language, different passports. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no, you're right. And and I think it's very important that we really start to understand that. I know that, you know, we're starting to get to the place, you know, men and women are equal. And in a lot of ways, you know, if I do a job that anybody does, I want to get paid the same amount of money. That's great. But when it comes to our feelings, when it comes to the way we communicate, we are different. That's just how we're wired. Mm, right. Yeah, equality doesn't mean sameness. Absolutely. Right? Like, Absolutely. People can be different. And yeah. I think, too, what we're talking about when we talk about we're talking about gender, and that's a social construction, right? So it's what we've learned. Yeah. And many times you might have maybe like, let's just say your DNA has an influence on how you communicate or whatever. But that DNA can be, that natural propensity can be overridden by social learning. So Absolutely. So we live in a patriarchal world where people are taught one thing and people are taught another thing based on gender. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that comes into relationships for sure. You know, uh, for instance, you know, kids that were brought up in a household where, you know, that's all what was modeled was that, you know, the female in the family does all the chores and the male part of the relationship just sit on the couch and waits to be served. Well, mm. until you start to understand as you get older and you start to have your own relationships and you start to understand who you are and why those things came up, you're going to repeat that for a little while. Yeah. That's what you know. And until you that's see exactly. It as a choice. Well, that's what you're modeled. Yeah. The same thing with congruency and consistency. If that's what you were modeled as a child, you don't have a good role model to show you how to do it differently. So again, we have to be able to so take responsibility. You know, you can sit there and be in the blame game and stay in a victim mode, but you can also sit back here in the present day, take responsibility for your life and say, you know, this is what I was taught, but maybe we can do it differently. Maybe I can do it differently. Maybe this relationship means a lot to me that I want to make it work. So mm-hmm. what what is the that I need to do in order to, and what's the other person needs to do in order right. to get this relationship to work? So well, I've got a question about these, these um, stages. What happens to attraction in those different stages? Well, at the beginning, obviously, the attraction is that's the the biggest thing in in that right. in that as uh, as you get closer the physical attract as you get more into the relationship, the physical attraction still needs to be there, but it starts to uh, to get a little bit smaller, and the qualities you know, the communication, the respect, the honesty in that that's what starts and that's what becomes more attractive. So again, the physical, at the beginning, that's that's really how you start dating somebody. You get yeah. them physically attracted. But again, that kind of starts to to wash out if their personality sucks. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, right? Or the qualities that they have are not, and they're not willing to change. They're not willing to admit or, or take responsibility more so mm-hmm. in how they show up in relationship. Then that physical attraction starts to even go. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the first stage. 
Uh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that, you know, we have to remember that, that dating is kind of like a whole series of interviews. Yeah. We have a tendency to go on a date, think they're really hot, and then it's like. And then they open their mouth. <laughs> well, then they open their mouth. Or we just, you know, we like the person and it's comfortable. Yeah. We stay. And and we we then don't see the red flags. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, that'll be different with me. That's exactly. No, it's yeah. not going to be it's different. It's not. Or sometimes you see the red flags and you don't want to believe them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's another you know, thing I It's like uh, Maya Angelou said, when someone tells you who they are, believe, believe them. I exactly. love that quote. That is, it's perfect. I love that quote. Perfect. Yeah. So believe me about this. Uh-huh. We have to go to break. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll be back in uh, two minutes. This is Gord, Jan, and Maria here on Voice America Talk Radio. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca That's info at spiritgrows.ca Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, this is Gord Riddell, and I'm here with Dr. Jan Hill and Maria Gallet with uh, Things Worth Considering. And Maria is giving us lots of things worth considering, <laughs> probably how badly we're doing relationships here. 
Uh, um, but there's lots to learn. I think it's probably one of the biggest places we actually learn yeah. who we are. Absolutely. You know, you know, is the other person reflecting to us. Yeah, it's that mirror, right? We attract people. As I said earlier, we attract people in order to show us what we still need to heal. If we yeah. want to. If we want to, absolutely. Because <laughs> we do have free will. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what are some elements of an effective relationship? Well, I think I... Rather than saying a good relationship. An effective that's a very different thing. It sure yeah. is. The other one's so laden. Yeah. You know, you know what the uh, good versus bad. What's a good? What's bad? Yeah. Really, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about this, but it's worth repeating. It's communication skills. The first important thing is, uh, you know, we really need to be able to state clearly what we need. You know, what we want out of this relationship, what we want out of ourselves, what we need out of our partner. And a lot of time, you know, really, this is the part that we start to really understand or start to really look at what is it that what are my needs and how can I how can I speak Mm -hmm. them clearly, you know, and being direct, you know, because. See, here's the flip side that I'm thinking as you're mm -hmm. saying that is is the fear of how are you going to react when I say that to you? Yeah, fear of abandonment. Fear of abandonment, fear of are you going to get all angry and pissy because I said. Yeah. But that very process is how trust grows because you have a fear, you state your truth, you ask for what you need and you get it or you're, you know, the person hangs around. Yeah, until you go to bed at night, you're sound asleep, you get clonked over the head. Exactly. And then you go, wow. That could happen. Then maybe I shouldn't say that anymore. Uh, yeah, no. that's what they do in your family. I heard. Uh, yeah, 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 that's it. You know, you, you know, my family. <laughs> but no, you're making you're making an important point. Uh, you know, absolutely, that is how how that grows you know, is by. Yeah. risking putting it out there and being able to be okay with how that responds back to yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's actually, when we are rewarded for putting it out there in that somebody listens to us, then we, it actually deepens the trust. Yes. Well, right? yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is to use one of, uh, one of Gord's, uh, you know, saints that he really loves and I love it as well. It's so I'm going to use that anyways. You know, it's because communication is not just about speaking. It's about being able to listen, you know, and it's, uh, you know, we have two ears and one mouth. So mm-hmm. use accordingly. Exactly. You know, uh, we always want to jump in. And even if we're quiet, you know, I'm not really listening because I'm already thinking about what's the most, the brilliant remark that I'm going to make when you're finished talking. So mm-hmm. that's not listening. Yeah. Because you might have missed a really good point that the other person has said. So again, you know, two ears, one mouth, use accordingly, you know, because <laughs> listening, is, I think to me, Listening is a bigger part of the communication than actually speaking. Well, from a psychotherapeutic perspective, you know, I I really believe that we don't have an opportunity to to have our story heard in its entirety without someone interrupting us, questioning it, cracking jokes about it. Or wanting to fix you. Or want to fix you, yeah. as if yeah. my story needs fixed. Right. It's my story. You know, Absolutely. It's my, my history, as opposed to her story. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's it's um, it's. I think eighty percent of our healing is done in psychotherapeutically in that listening process yeah. of just hearing someone all the way through. Yeah. No questions. Yeah. No, well, didn't you say that when you were 20, to, you know, like someone's trying to pace it, they're trying to, you feel like you're being tripped. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, it's all the way through. We need to be able to tell that story. Absolutely. You know, and just think about, you might want to think back, when was the last time that 
maybe not in a psychotherapy office, but in, in your life with your friends, with your with your lover, with your family, you know, when was the last time that you were actually able to sit there, tell your story and somebody actually hear you and not say anything, not interrupt, not wanting to fix you, not doing any of that? How did it feel? Just really think about that, how good that feels. You know, so imagine you having that as your way of communicating, mm-hmm. that listening and really being quiet. And don't forget the part of that is that in our society, we're really not good in that quietness. Yeah. You know, that silence makes us uncomfortable. Well, it sure right? does. So just learn how to be comfortable in that. Yeah. I think a lot of conflicts too can be avoided by simply asking a person a question. Yeah, because right? we don't assume. Yeah, exactly, right? right? So what what does assume say, yeah. right? So it's really What does it say? You make an ass out of you and me? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you said ass on the air. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> She's all red right now. <laughs> ass of you and me. Exactly. But again, you know, You're because right. with conflict, right, part of it is uh, most people are not really accustomed. Sorry, conflict resolution skills are the second part to this, yeah. right? And, you know, most people are really not accustomed to, uh, they're not comfortable with conflict. You know, think back in your childhood. If conflict meant yelling, screaming, raging, slamming doors and walking out, are you going to want to do that? Mm. You know, until you start to understand that that's not really true conflict resolution. Yeah. You know. That's posing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. it's about t- having control. You know, yeah. a raised voice, you think it's having control, but that lower voice stating what you say in a low, even tone, that has more power than than actually yelling. So really what true conflict resolution, what it does, it gives both parties the opportunity to say what they need, have their needs met, and see how we can come to a win-win situation. Because if I'm really concentrating on having to win, then somebody else has to lose. Yeah, you know, so the person that feels that has to lose, you know, the, their defenses start to come up. Mm-hmm. So again, it's about coming to a resolution that's good for both parties. And you know, and there's nothing wrong with saying, no, we're talking about this, uh, we're going on, but I can't, we can't really come to a resolution right now. There's nothing wrong with ha- calling a timeout. You yeah. know, let's just mm-hmm. kind of walk away from this for a little while and let's regroup in an hour tomorrow. But then make sure that you do come back and regroup, because if not, it's going to go into your your bag in the back, and you're going to come and bring it back another time. Because if it comes back in another argument, you haven't resolved it. Right. right. You know. But so, you have to. If you're going to take that break, you have to notify the person. Absolutely, you can't just walk out. You can't just walk out because that's like a slap in the face. Well, so here's what happens, though, right? Is that the any any relationship can only move as fast as the slowest person, and often what happens if it's the slowest person or the person who needs to withdraw or the person who needs to uh, end the conversation because they're maxed out, if they're talking to somebody who really needs to express because that's how they feel better about it, then that's when you get the person who gets up and walks out of the room and the other person yelling at them and following them, right? And then the other person is like, ah! But again, that's why it's really important to state that, you know, and say, you know, this we can't come to a resolution right now. It's important to me. I want to come to a resolution. But I, right now, we're just going to be going on and it's just going to escalate. So why don't we both take a time out? So really start to, and that person that really needs to talk about it right now can take a break as well. Like if you're telling them that, they might find a way of just kind of stepping back and breathing, you know, 
the other thing that's really important in this is that, you know, don't attack the person. So when you're talking about things, you know, what you just said makes me feel. So bring it back to you and not attacking the person. So not calling them, you know, you're stupid because you feel this way. Because what's going to happen to the other person? Yeah, or how you feel is wrong. Right. 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 So that's well, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, that's this this and this. Right. It's true. And and the other thing, too, when you're doing when you're talking about trying to resolve something, uh, another really important thing is uh, praising public and chastising in uh, in private. You know, so, you know, again, if you're sitting at a restaurant, you know, it makes everybody else around you uncomfortable in the person that you're yelling at. You know, so, again, you know, take that when it's appropriate. It's degrading. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's degrading. But. I've, I mean, I've had people that have come to my home for dinner, and they get they carry the fight in with them. And yeah. It's kind of like, I, how does that make you feel? Sitting at my dining room table, you know, and, and my other guests and everything. And I've actually had people. I've actually asked people to leave. Yeah. To go out and either resolve it now or just go home and we'll catch dinner another time. Absolutely, and and that's you know, and what you're modeling there is appropriate conflict resolution because it's not appropriate right now you know there's other people around that don't want to be dragged into your conflict yeah we have to remember that you know what's what's fueling that though is the urgency that anger that creates. has to be right now yeah yeah, yeah. now I'm, yeah. I'm angry now and of course that's what causes so many fights or or car crap pulling guns on people you yeah know, the whole thing i mean it's just crazy because you can't you know? control that you know, you can control that, but you we choose think not. We to, have to we choose, choose not to. That's exactly, yeah. and you know, and yeah. the thing is that again, you know, know when it's an appropriate time. Just because I feel it, you know, because what happens too is that because we we we've always had to hold ourselves in, and we can never speak our truth. Now that I can speak my truth, as soon as I feel it, I, I have to say it. Yeah, you know, you don't. There, you know, mm-hmm. know that, uh, you know, use some, uh, uh, some um, discretion, discretion <laughs> that's the word, you know, to really know when in, that needs and to happen. And not everybody wants to hear our truth. Absolutely. You know, that's kind of grand sca- <laughs> yeah, grandstanding. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. You know. you know. Did you hear what I learned in school today? Yeah, no, really, no, 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 really, I don't want to so. know. <laughs> yeah, I know what you do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't want to hear that right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really that whole thing of appropriateness uh, or social appropriateness. Yeah. That includes anger. And, of course, it includes humor. Yeah. Humor is very dangerous. It really is. Because I think it's more dangerous than anger is sometimes. Yeah. Because, you know, you, because you feel that you can't say something if, if I tell a joke about it or if I say something in jest, but that still hurts. Well, exactly. You know? Especially if you haven't properly judged the vulnerability of the person at mm-hmm. that moment. You know, mm-hmm. I've certainly seen that professionally happen yeah. where, yeah. you know, because I, I, of course, I love humor as mm-hmm. people are probably discovering. <laughs> um, but if you misjudge that person. That they're they're still further down in that sadness yeah. or whatever that can feel when someone's laughing. What does that feel like? You're being judged. Absolutely devastating. Yeah. That's a public humiliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know? And some people don't know how to use humor in a way that is actually affirming of people as yeah. opposed to putting them down. Yeah. You know, like when I said about names or, or whatever, like when someone says to me, "Oh, I'd like you to meet the wife." Yeah. Does the, Does wife the wife have, have a name? name? You know, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and this is my dog. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think it's so degrading mm-hmm. when people when people speak that way. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, what what was husband your modeling, right? Because it all comes down ownership. to that. It always comes to that, right? Yeah. You know, it's about ownership yeah. for men. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, so, you know, so again, you know, understand conflict. It doesn't have to go into rage or uh, conflict is really, it's a building block to a relationship, really, if it's done properly. Mm-hmm. You know, cause there's that, that uh, respect that starts to happen between the people, right? And again, you know, trust would be another one, but we talked enough about trust. We talk about that. Mm. Uh, and other things are, you know, what I mean by cooperation is that uh, in any dynamics, there is a cooperation. So there, in other words, there's a payoff. The person that's been yelled at, st- there's still a payoff for them, whatever that happens to be, however strange that might sound. So again, in any kind of relationship they have, there is this cooperation that happens, you know, what we do, how we do it, and when we do it, yeah. you know, and there's different things like honesty and integrity. We really talked about honesty, you know, and little white lies is still a lie. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Omitting, withholding is I was going to say, omitting to say something, it's still a lie. So yeah. know that, uh, you know, what are some of the contracts <clears throat> that you make? I think, or you touched about it a little bit earlier where you say, you know, who's taking the garbage out? You know, how do we, you know, how, who's going to handle finances? You know, making those kind of contracts and live and being okay with it. So again, trusting. speaking, trusting. That's exactly. <laughs> trusting. You know, you know. you're not touching my finances. That's exactly. You know. So you teach. You're going to teach something about this. Yes, this summer. Yes, July 31st. Uh, it's uh, um, it's basically we'll talk about this. We'll go more into detail about different types of relationships. Uh, you know, and about what is the the biggest and most important relationship the relationship that you have with yourself we haven't really touched on this here but that's the most important relationship when you have that and you have a healthy relationship with yourself there'll be less chance of you not not allowing somebody else to disrespect you basically mm-hmm. you know so we'll talk about that but we'll that's trusting that's what we yeah, talked about it is absolutely yeah, it's about trusting yourself trusting yeah. that you'll take care of yourself and that's how we build resilience too yeah. that we can yeah. bounce right back from things absolutely. we can't stop bad things from happening but we can you know, learn to control how we, yeah. we respond to those things. Yeah, so come out on so July 31st. So it's experiential. It is. It's going to be, uh, it'll be a fun evening. We'll have fun. It'll be serious, but we'll still have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It is a fun, actually, I think it is a fun area. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, unless we're in something, you know, that's a really horrible time in our sure. life. but. It is pretty funny. It really is. When you look back <laughs> at some of your relationships, you know. <laughs> sure, we just go relationship to relationship. Next. You know, yeah. uh, if we can't laugh at ourselves, we're not going to grow very easily, I don't think. Absolutely. You, you know. know? And just, so that's going to be at the Transformational Arts College yes. in Toronto. Yes. 3300 Young Street. 3300 Young Street. And it's going to be in Suite 302. And uh, that's on Wednesday. July 31st. 31st. 7, 7 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun, actually. Yeah. And and there's um, who's actually and then the next week because there's a whole bunch coming up uh-huh. actually. Um, the next week is going to be Sarah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Clark and she's going to be doing tuning into life through using sound. Yeah, and that's a lot of fun too. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, because you do sound also. I do, yeah. I know, I, I saw that. You're a sound practitioner. I am. Look at that. Oh, yeah. What aren't you? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Uh, <laughs> a scientist? <laughs> You're just living the life. I am and loving exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and loving it. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, no, I think I think these uh, uh, evenings are like mini workshops that people mm-hmm. should know. They're not just yeah. sitting in. Yeah. You know, you yeah. get to do some stuff and get maybe a little bit of homework and meet some cool people yeah. and find out what the school's all about Yeah, uh, as well. It's uh, 3300 Young Street, just in case you didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, you can get us at transformational, uh, TAC at transformationalarts.com. You can get Jan and I at spiritgrows, 
uh, info at spiritgrows.ca. Or if you have a phone, but <laughs> some, some people still some people do. Four one six four eight four zero four five four. Yeah, you have two ears, one mouth, and ten fingers. I know. Fantastic. Dial that phone and say hello, because we are coming up to the end. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for having me. Good luck with your uh, lecture. Thank you. Looking forward to it. uh, Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Jen. Thank you. Have a good flight. Thank you. All right. And we will see you all coming back here next week. Bye now. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.